and welcome to the latest episode of the Copcast podcast. Uh, joining me tonight to talk all things LFC and what a wonderful ten, ten days it's ten days or so it's been um, are two uh, guests that you'll have heard from before. So live from London tonight, it's uh, Umara Naz. How are you doing, Umara? I'm brilliant. Yep, six points clear. Are we of second? Just can't ask for more than that, can we? Yeah, it's all a bit crazy. It's probably been one of the best Christmas presents most Liverpool fans have had in a in a very long time. Um, yep. And to to uh, to kind of bath or bathe in that in that glow at the moment uh, with Umara and myself is David Dunnan in Belfast. How are you doing, Dave? Yeah, I'm um, um, on a bit of a calm down from the excitement and from the overindulgence of Christmas, but. Um, been able to relax. There's a big shit-eating grin on my face the last couple of days, which has been nice. Yeah, it's 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 quite mad. Like just waiting for it to sink in a little bit. It, it, it took a while, but it's a nice feeling to be uh, top of the league and and six points clear. So <clears throat> we're going to start off tonight by um, or tonight, whenever you're listening to it tomorrow. <laughs> we're recording this on uh, on the Thursday, on the the twenty seventh. And we're going to start tonight by um, having a wee look at the the Newcastle game. So obviously um, Liverpool four, Newcastle nil. Uh, the result never really in any doubt. Um, Liverpool took the lead early and then scored again directly after half time, within about a minute of the restart, and uh, controlled the game and then picked Newcastle off with, with two goals at the end. So. Um, not a hugely exciting game in terms of, of any anxiety or any threat, but a, a, a consummate performance. Um, Liverpool were, were excellent at times. Um, so what did you make of it, Ums? Uh, yeah, it was... The, we'll start with the lineup because I think everyone was quite surprised that um, Jurgen Klopp went really quite strong. Um, I think we thought he might make changes considering the two big, big games we've got coming up, Arsenal and City, um, in the space of, what, three days apart. So that was a bit of a surprise. I'm not sure what the thinking behind that is. Well, I guess we'll find out. Um, but, I, I, you know, it, it's just three days apart, the three games. So it's not it's not like you, sometimes over Christmas you can have those two games in, in two, two days or 48 hours or something silly like that. You can have those. But we haven't got that this season. So that's quite good. The um, fixtures have been good to us. But yeah, we've got, we had Trent come back. It was a nice game for him to just kind of find, you know, feel his way back in. Um, and the rest, again, like I said, quite strong. I expected to see maybe Sturridge and a couple of other changes, maybe. But no, he he just he just went full full strength, which was good. Um, and then even at one 0 after the Lovren superb goal, <laughs> Lovren, uh, it was still quite. You did. It's a strange feeling. You felt quite comfortable still. We weren't on edge. Nervous normally would be if it went in a one-nil lead because there were some murmurings on Twitter earlier. I don't know who exactly, but there were some people saying, "Oh, Newcastle." I don't know if it might might not have been people. It might have just been the media saying, "Oh, Newcastle might stretch up Liverpool." Um, maybe they were thinking we might be a bit complacent, or you know, Christmas hangover, or whatever their their thinking was behind those um, stories. But there was a little bit of that going around. But yeah, Newcastle, we've been quite good against them in recent years so it was never really in doubt and we were at home so that was always gonna help because we're just a fortress now aren't we um yeah so the Lovren goal just nicely early goal took all the pressure off um they were still in it obviously one nil is not a huge lead so but I think the the penalty at the beginning of the second half kind of killed them uh, they any hope then that they had was gone. It was a little bit of a soft penalty, but it was contact, I guess. And then yeah, the FA agreed with us after that because there was no retrospective action, even though there were cry- people were crying out for him to get banned for diving. Um, and then yeah, the two late goals just to kind of seal it off. Shakiri with a love that goal had a, a lovely build up to it. I think so many players had a, had a hand in it, especially the Henderson pass to. Um, who was it to? I can't remember someone on the right-hand side. I can't remember if it was Salah or who it was. Trent. Um, but anyway, Trent, that's it. Um, yeah, that pass was lovely. Um, just 
first touch, both of them. And yeah, Shakiri putting that one away. And then it's always nice to see someone get their first goal. And Fabinho getting his from the corner, he seemed quite pleased with himself, didn't he, in the end? And um, yeah, Alisson with his little mad moment at the end, a little <laughs> little scare there. But, you know, you can't get past him at the moment either. So yeah, we're six points clear of Spurs now who have overtaken City who lost it as well. That was the other shock of the day um, to add to all the other shocks. Um, but yeah, it's just a fantastic position to be in. Um, it was just a good all-round performance. Being annoyed Neil and say that Lovren was my man of the match because he scored and we didn't concede. So um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant game, I think. Okay, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you raise a number of kind of wee issues in the game there and wee points, uh, which we'll, we'll kind of touch on perhaps in a wee bit more detail in a minute. So just over to you, Dave. General general reflections on the game. Uh, yeah, what did you make of it? Um, yeah, yeah. Going in, and I was so confident going in, and then Rafa said this little thing of we have a plan, and I really don't like it when Rafa has a plan. Um but the early goal put paid to Rafa's plan, uh, whatever it was. Um, so, you know, there's no, there's no two better times to get a goal than, you know, the first 10, 15 minutes and then right at the start of the second half. Um, and the penalty at the start of the second half kills them. Um, and it's pretty much plain sailing from there, isn't it? Not that it was much more difficult than that before. But... This team, like this is a serious, serious outfit. Um, they're they're ruthless and they're cynical and they're professional, um, and they just swap teams aside at the minute. Um, and we're just we're just turning into an absolute powerhouse, um, and we're so big all over the pitch now as well. You know, Fabinho's coming in at height and physicality in the middle of the park. You know, I know Shakiri's not exactly, you know, a six foot plus player to say the least, but he's a little powerhouse. Um, he's he's so just, he's st- just about five foot plus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he's so strong, um, and you know, it's there's there's something I think there's something really intimidating about that team if you're going to play them now, um, and Rafa showed up. No Rondon. So he's he's looked at that, and I think we're getting to the stage now where a lot of teams are going to look at that and go, Do you know what? This is this is our this is our um this is our match to rest players because we're not going there and getting anything. Whereas last season they would have thought if we can keep them out, they'll maybe give us one at the other end. And teams don't have that encouragement anymore because we have been so ruthless at the back. And so miserly. So hopefully we'll see a few more of those types of fixtures when when teams are are showing up. You know, the, the way it used to frustrate us with Chelsea and City and United, United and United, constantly United, where teams would show up to Old Trafford and would be beaten before they even before they even set their or before they even put their boots on. So that should help. That should help with your your conditioning, that should help with the fatigue. And that should enable us to rotate players a little bit more without without fearing a potential slip or a banana skin. And I'm sure there will be some teams with a bit more pride in that that will show up. But teams like that, um, Newcastle had to work really, really, really hard to get hammered. And that's the reality of the situation now in Anfield. And it's just a glorious time to be alive. Yeah, I mean, on that, on, on Newcastle, on how they played on Rafa and, and his plan, I- I think there's definitely something in that uh, what you say about Rondon and and, and Perez and and resting players. I think they their their big thing or Rafa's big thing was was not to get hammered and uh, the plan the plan essentially was to rest players, but he didn't want to come out and say that. Um, but um, the interesting thing is they, you know, what they're saying is about having to work really really hard to get to get hammered in the end. And what you're saying about the penalty that, that killed the game and so on, I, I totally agree with you. 
Um, for me, it was definitely a penalty. Uh, I, I think it's just because it's Liverpool that people are saying it's soft. I think he, he doesn't make any attempt to play the ball at all. He's not even challenging for the ball. I think he clearly puts his arm, uh, his hands on his arm and then pulls his arm. And he's perfectly entitled to go down there. And if it was any other team, it wouldn't really be getting questioned. Um, and I think that does kill them because I think 2-0 kills them. I think at 1-0, they're still... I mean, they're st- they... they I watched the game and the commentary is is very very down on Newcastle. It's very very odd. They've not shown up. They've not tried. Not, and I think a lot of that is coloured by the last, well, the second half essentially, the last forty minutes after the penalty. Because I think the first half, they do have a go. I mean, they they have a chance before we score. And if if Hosselu is is a better finisher, then they're probably one nil up. Um, the game then becomes different. And of course, we'd probably go on and win the game anyway, but they're asking us a question then. And there, I will watch it back again today. And there are moments where they try and break and try and go forward at 1 0. And we're never in any danger. There's certain times where, where we're in absolute control, but they are trying. It's not like when they turned up the city last season and, and literally, you know, almost literally camped. You know, um, in, in their own half, five yards outside their own box. I mean, I, I didn't see it like that. Um, to be honest, but the interesting thing is, do you, you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put this to you, Umara. How do you? I mean, do you think it's a situation now of of managers turning up to Anfield and thinking, uh, or to play Liverpool almost, and and thinking, how on earth are we going to do anything about this? How are we stopping this? If we sit deep. They'll pick us off eventually. If we try and attack them, we'll leave spaces. I mean, is it almost a case of these smaller teams having to, to come up with, with kind of ingenious ways to get to stand a chance of getting anything? Because the, the traditional, um, you know, low block in inverted commas just doesn't stand a chance. What do you, What's your take on that? Yeah, I definitely think that is a kind of there's a fear about us now, especially at home. And it's not just the smaller teams. City, I know that they had a chance to win that game, but although they were they were quite happy with the point. Um, you've got Man United came there would have been ecstatic with a point. I know they're not doing so great at the moment, but they're still historically one of the bigger teams. So it's not just the smaller team. The smaller teams, I do think, will go into that game any game at Anfield now, kind of already defeated in their minds it's going to take some kind of you know amazing effort from a team to to beat Liverpool and Anfield at the moment not to say that it's impossible but they have created this thing where you just like I said you're you psychologically you're already you've already half lost before you've even got on the pitch because we're just that good at home at the moment even away we're that good but at home it's just another 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 thing with us so yeah, it's eight wins and, in a row at Anfield since City and I don't know I mean I've, we've conceded how many goals I mean I don't know the stats but we've hardly conceded at Anfield as well it's two at home and the two at home were the the freaky one at Cardiff against Cardiff do you remember that one that kind of was deflected and your man stuck his leg out and then the only other one's been Allison's mistake against United, and that was mm. you know it was, ha- it was handed to them. Mm. Yeah, so they've kind of we've given a few away, really. I mean, even away, the one I think the one that springs to mind is the Allison mistake against it Leicester. Yeah, against Leicester, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, so, I mean, it's not like to, to be a score against us. We kind of it's been our own fault some of the time as well. So yeah, definitely, there's it's just it's a, a little bit like City last season maybe, um, where people are thinking now what can we do here because are we going to score here now that's the thing last last season beginning of last season we were conceding so many poor goals but now it's just the amount of clean sheets we've kept is nuts I mean I don't know if anyone could have foreseen it I'm sure if you sat down and asked Klopp in private he would have been shocked himself at the amount of clean sheets we've kept and there's you know the meagre amount of goals we've conceded is still on a record. I think with seven with Chelsea at the minute. So who knows when that's where that's going to go? But it just it's crazy when you think about the the turnaround that we've had. Um, so yes, yeah, just I don't know how these teams and what that what their tactics would be going in against us, especially at Anfield um, right now, because our our midfield's really good, solid at the moment. Our attack seems to be 
clicking where it wasn't maybe in the beginning. And despite all that, still look where we are. And I think something that Jurgen Klopp said in the post-match, something like, I can't remember his exact words, but basically was saying the first half of the season was kind of like a foundation that we're building on. His plan always was to kick on in the second half. So I'm just, that's quite scary when you think about it. Um, that if whatever we've done up to now is kind of like a bonus and second half is where we, we're, we're traditionally a little bit stronger anyway. So that is frightening, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, traditionally, uh, Liverpool, as you say, are always stronger or usually stronger in the second half of seasons. And Jurgen Klopp teams historically, certainly at Dortmund, they always posted a better second half of the season than, than first. And you can sort of tell, by the way, that we've um, begun to hit our form I wouldn't say we're peaking just yet, but we're we're certainly in a good way, and we're 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 getting towards that that peak. But we need to peak a few times in the season, and and right now we're um, we're doing really well. But the we we've begun to hit our stride. How long were we having podcasts, and how many podcasts did we talk about? Oh, we're not quite clicking. We're not quite clicking. And we're trying to find reasons why we're not quite clicking. Is it this? Is it that? At the end of the day, we're just working into the season. And at the moment, we're we're starting to hit our form, which uh, which bodes well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think what you say about um, defensively uh, is very important in terms of the number of goals we conceded and so on. Because I think the interesting thing, or the, I suppose the, the point there is that we we were at a point um, last season, uh, even before Van Dijk came in, but but certainly after, where we were um, um, conceding goals of very, very few chances and usually there would be individual mistakes and we weren't giving up so many chances in games and, and that's why we, we actually did quite well and so on but you know you, you know it yourself when we had Mignolet how many times people complained about the first shot on target from the other team would go in Karras was a bit of a step up but he had his moments as well you had Lovren, Matty basically uh, in, 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 in the centre of defence um, you know you had, you had problems at left back you know, you'd you'd a good solid right back, but you know issues there as well, and and that's basically completely changed now. Uh, but that was the thing that that undermined Liverpool for years, and not just under Rodgers. And you know, uh, there were times, there were always been times during my Liverpool supporting life where the soft underbelly in inverted commas was, was the Achilles heel, and yeah, we could score goals and play attractive football and and so on, but. We uh, we had this soft underbelly that other teams knew about, and if you if you hung in there and and uh, kept plugging away, we would give you a chance. We'd give something up, and that that's completely gone. And and that's what's fantastic about this team. So um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, I would I would I would totally agree with, with what you're saying there, Ems. I mean, Dave, what do you think? Do you think? Uh, do you think who, who beats us now? Where do we go from here? Obviously, we've got we're going to move on, I think, and um, perhaps talk a little bit about what we've got coming up. Um, so, who beats us? We, we've got Arsenal at home in a couple of days, Saturday, 29th of um, of December, and followed by by City on the third. Uh, two huge games. Ordinarily. Arsenal have been have been decent this year. We know about their run. Um, we drew with them not so long ago. Um, Liverpool, obviously, we're talking about they're they're beginning to peak or are certainly on one of their their peaks. Um, how do you see this next game coming? Um, yeah, and what do, what does Emery try to try to do? Do, do you think he's he's going to have a special plan for us? He he has had the upper hand over Klopp in in recent battles, perhaps. Um. It's 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 hard to say. They're they're fragile, aren't they? As good as they are going forward, they're they're fragile at the back, and and they they look like a previous incarnation of us, to be honest, right now. Um, so they'll have it in they'll have it in their locker to go and score because they just have really good forward players, and they 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 go and try and score goals, and they go and try and take the game to you. Um, it's 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 so difficult. I find this Liverpool team fascinating at the minute because 
you know, you were talking there about when we hit our stride or, or, or have we hit our stride. And I don't even think, you know, what what is that that shape that we saw on on Saturday? What's that shape's potential? Because we know what that 4-3-3 can do. We know how absolutely devastating it can be. But I don't think we I don't think this this new formation and this new system that we're using has has reached its its peak yet. But I don't know what that is and I don't know what that looks like. Um because I haven't seen it before. So I'm fascinated to to know, you know, are, are, where are we at? Are we at 80%? Are we at 90%? Are we at 95%? I don't know. So that's exciting. That's, um, I was going to say, hopefully that the uh, managers, uh, opposition managers are, are as confused about it as you are. So that's well, good. We're unpre- unpredictable. No, it's not predictable. Last season, they knew exactly what they were going to get. They just couldn't do anything about it because we were that good. Yeah, I, yeah totally. Totally. Um, and the other thing that the other thing that we've we've been really good at this season is is the the, the work on the set pieces and the goals that we're we're scoring. Or was it was it three set piece goals, three set piece goals on um, against Newcastle, including the penalty. Um, yeah. Yeah, I suppose it would be. Yeah. Um, so I think that's I think that's the, the most in the league. Um, we only conceded two set piece goals, which. Remember, we had an issue from set pieces, one of the many issues that we've had in the past. But um, I think against Arsenal, uh, we we should find it easier to score against Arsenal than we do against some teams, just because of the way they play, just because they don't have the best defenders in the world, because the keeper's a bit dodgy, and because they do have injury concerns at the back as well. So... I would like to think that we'll be able to break that team down. Um, but they'll be more dangerous on the counter than than most teams that we play um, with the pace and the guile and the ability that those forward players have. So it'll be interesting to see what Emery does as well. Um, they've been ahead once in a Premier League game at halftime all season. So I would like to think that we can go out there and that we can do what we haven't really done uh, recently and go and really put them to bed in the first 20 and really frighten the life out of them. Um, because Wenger's talked about this trauma that Arsenal have experienced at Anfield. And we always batter them the last four or five years. We've always battered them um, at home. Um, it's been 3 1-4-1, 4-0, 5-0. You know, it's been scores like this, 5-1s. Um, so I can't see that being the way that it pans out because that doesn't seem to be the way that this team this season plays Um, but you just never know um, if they give you the chances and they might give you a couple of chances and and the way that we're the way that we're on song at the minute you just wouldn't be surprised if they pretty much gobble up every chance that's presented to them on um, against Arsenal yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, um, that's what I mean about us sort of hitting hitting a bit of form. And um, yeah, I'm interested to to, to hear that about the, the formation. I think you're absolutely right. We've got players to bet into it as well, bet into the side still. You know, Fabinho's coming on well. Naby Kaida's had a few moments and and still very much needs to be integrated. And you know, the the potential that the ceiling is is at the moment unknown, as you say, but it, it's looking good and. You know the variety it gives us is, is is can only be beneficial. And Umara, I just want to come to you. Obviously, Arsenal, um, as we mentioned, they've had a decent run. I think um, I think it, it it's made better by the fact that it's a new manager coming in, new league, and all the rest of it. I think if Wenger had posted the same scores um, this season, um, I don't think Arsenal fans would be would be so so cheery, and I don't think. Um, the media would be reporting it in the same way. They've had uh, they had a really long unbeaten run, but a lot of draws in there, and um, and they did lose um, a couple of games ago against Southampton. Then they're off the back of a one-one draw away at Brighton, um, Liverpool, as we said, eight wins in a row at Anfield. So, 
do you see Arsenal potentially causing us any issues here? Do you, do you see it being tight, or or do you think we're you know we we can we can continue and, and put another three points on the board? Well, like Dave said, it's quite hard to predict. I mean, you would like to think we're at home, so we could um, you know we we could we will beat them. But I think when we played them last time, there was a lot of questions. There were a lot of questions about the defence, and they had a really good game. Uh, at the back That's right. yeah. So I'm not sure that we can, although form obviously matters and, and all of that kind of thing, sometimes, you know, players raise their games on mm-hmm. certain, not on, it's just one of those things. So it's like derbies, for example, you know, it's that you just form goes out the window kind of thing. So unless you're derbies against you just don't, them. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're quite predictable, aren't they? Um, but no, I mean, uh, you mentioned Emery's record against Klopp. I'm not sure. Has he got a winning record against Klopp? Well, just, I mean, in the last couple of times while he's been Liverpool mm. manager, he beat us with Sevilla, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, OK. I see. Yeah, with well, Sevilla, we haven't had a because a good time against them we had in the Champions League group and then obviously the final, didn't we? So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know if we can maybe can't read too much into that. Hopefully Klopp's evolved from then. Um, and where whereas Emery's still new here, regardless of whatever run he might be on and like you did with um, coming into a new club that's just had a manager for the last 20-odd years, Anything was going to please the fans, wasn't it? Because they were just calling for Wenger's head at the end. Weren't Absolutely, they? They, they've had enough. Yes, yeah, so I think that that's the can't, you can't really gauge it too much. Um, I, it's a tough one. I, I would like. To, I would. I'm going to go for us winning, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be easy. I think it's going to be a tight game. Um, and again, with Klopp having played such a strong team against Newcastle. It's interesting what he does now. We have do have quite a few options in midfield. Up front, he can sort of show people around as well. Um, but because of the quality of the opponent, it, it's interesting to see what kind of lineup he's going to put out. The back five is going to be pretty much the same. I think that's nothing's going to change there. So any changes will be midfield up front. So but I doubt there'll be any up front either, to be honest. Um, I think that they'll just maybe he'll make one or two changes in midfield because Fabinho was on the bench. Kate is still a bit hit and miss at the minute. Um, so I think Fabino is the only one I can think that might come in. Other than that, I think it pretty much stays the same. And then he might just go full strength with the same team against City as well. And then, um, like we were discussing on the pre-pod, if we take maximum points, we could be quite a few points clear after that City game, hopefully. And then is the FA Cup game. So then it depends on what he's going to do with that is he going to then give his a few of his first team players a rest completely um remains to be seen i guess i think he would obviously gauge it like he says to, in the media every time it's one game at a time he's obviously not thinking about even city at the minute but i think after that game then i suppose then he'll decide what he's going to do with wolves but i pretty much think if we win both of them if we beat arsenal city i'm not surprised if you see a lot of changes against wolves yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, yeah, I think that the one game at the time thing is 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 right up to a point, and and most of, certainly the players think like that. I think obviously Klopp probably plans a little bit more ahead in terms of his, his team selections and and so on. But um, Dave, what do what do you um, what's your take on the on the team selection? Because Amara makes a, a a great point. I personally wasn't so. Um, uh, surprised by the the strong team uh, against Newcastle, I, I thought that uh, because of the the lengthy break, basically a week's break from the Wolves game, that he would go strong for that one. Um, do you see potentially any changes for Arsenal? Um, obviously, Genie Genie Wijnaldum was first sub at the weekend. There, sixty minutes he came off, um, so you'd imagine he starts. Um, we don't know the Milner situation. He has been injured, obviously, um, but only a wee knock, so he might be back. Do you think he comes back in if he is back? Or do you think they keep him? We keep him for City. And and what about Naby? Do you see him making the starting lineup, or is he sticking with Shakiri there? Do you think? Um, based on what I've seen this season, um, because otherwise all I'm doing is guessing. Yeah, um, based, based on what you know. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Um, he probably goes 4-3-3 because he's tended to go 4-3-3 against the bigger side so I think you'll probably see something similar than, similar to what you saw against United so um, 
I expect your back four to be the same and your and your front three to be your front three. Um, in the midfield, I think you probably he probably goes Fabinho, he probably goes Wijnaldum, and he probably goes Kaida. I would guess. Um, I think. So the, that's, that was the Wolves midfield, wasn't it? Yeah, I think he. I think he probably does that. Um, but who knows? Milner could come in there. He likes Milner in these times of games. I don't think Henderson plays because you keep him for City. He, 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 he'll want him against City, and he, he does need wrapped in cotton wool more so than most of the other guys. Um, and ultimately, you can afford to do that with the with the with the players that you have now, um, which is great. You know, last season you pretty much were able to call every game until the point where there was massive rotation um, to give boys a rest. But now, because we've got those options, we can do it in, in, in fits and starts rather than having to target specific games to rest in. Now, in saying that, I think Myers White, I think he will use that Wolves game as an opportunity. But otherwise, we haven't seen the scale of dramatic rotation that we saw last year around this period. Because do you remember... Christmas last year, there was all sorts of mad teams being thrown out. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But I wonder, I wonder, has the, the the changing system facilitated that slightly? Because it's it's put the onus, the running onus, in different on on different areas, more so in the in the centre of midfield where we have where we have options, as opposed yeah. to the front three doing all the all the work. Yeah, I think that's right, um, and I think what we have also with that regard is a point where teams will actively let us have the ball because they know if they come at us, they're going to get eaten up. Um, So we're not having to chase the ball as much as we were. Um, Certainly the sprints and the movements are are, are still there, et cetera. But, you know, you're not having to run after the ball like like you would. Like you watch teams play us. Like I watched Newcastle play us. And uh, and, like, do you see that? Do you see the third goal? The third goal where Mane kicks it off with the big switch and it's it's it comes in from Trent and it goes out the other side and then it comes back in from Robertson then it goes back out the other side going and going yeah and then it comes back down the line and then you can see at that point Newcastle's line is all over the shop they're all over the place because they've been running around like idiots back and forward doing doggies across the pitch, trying to keep up with us, switching the play and keeping possession. It's just absolutely exhausted. Um, and we don't have that. We don't have to contend with that um, sort of fatigue, um, especially when it moves into the last, you know, 15, 20 minutes of games where you can see the effect that that, that has on a team uh, with the number of goals that we've scored in that period of matches. Um, yeah, definition of turning the screw. Absolutely. And that's, you know, I think that that's another point. That's mental fatigue as well. And this team, probably embodied by by Lovren and Henderson there against Newcastle, just is so mentally strong. You know, you're looking at people handing them opportunities and saying, um, you know, City have lost, go and pick up the three points. And they do effortlessly. We're playing first. Let's go and put the pressure on City. And they do it effortlessly. You need to win this game at home to Napoli, 1-0 or by two goals to get through to the Champions League. Or imagine the impact that that could have, not just on Europe, but on your league season, throwing in the fact that you'd be going and playing in the Europa League as well. And they just went, right, sound. And they did it. And they did it in absolute style. It could have been six or seven. So... It's it's not just the the physical condition of these players. I think um, that's a, a lot, and, and the squad and all that sort of thing. It's just the mental strength of the team yeah. at the moment, which allows you to not need to to take them out as often as you might have had done previously. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it, it's it's very holistic, and Klopp's always been holistic in his approach to to his squads, to his teams, to his clubs. Uh, it's the atmosphere off the pitch. It's mental as as well as physical. It's it's all about getting absolute harmony, absolute belief throughout 
every kind of part of the of the squad. And uh, I suppose um, that kind of segues us in uh, quite nicely to a little bit of gossip that's that's come out uh, in the last few hours, or certainly over the course of um, of Thursday. Is a quote uh, from a, I think from a uh, an interview in the published by the Daily Mail with Alberto Moreno, and and some quotes really about him not not being too happy in inverted commas, with, with losing his place and how he's being treated and so on. Um, so, yeah, um, Amara, I'll come to you first. I think you, you knew a bit more about it. Um, it seems that these quotes have probably been taken out of context and it's really uh, another kind of a, well, a, a mountain out of a molehill and it's not really something we have to be too worried about. Um, it, can you enlighten us a little more? Well, I read um, what you said about back from very well. I didn't, I wasn't given a chance. Um, I think it was afterwards that I read that he always said that. But Andy Roberts is so well, so he's not going to obviously change it. So he did. That, that, you know, these little things they leave out of those um quotes uh, to suit them. Um, I think the other thing he said was that he wants he's open to leaving in January or something like that so he might be looking to he wants to obviously play first team football who doesn't um but yeah I don't know I mean if it, these media sources sometimes do do take um quotes out of context just to get their own clicks like they did with um a lot of our players in the past and then you've when you've actually gone in and had a, a proper read of it it's not like that at all or they've been asked the question and they answer it it's not that they've actually come out and said it themselves so there's all these little subtle little things on the side that they forget to conveniently mention but um i'm sure Klopp knows where you know we you know he knows the inside track so he he kind of obviously knows where moreno stands with it already but i was just going to say before when we were talking about the team spirit, I think Dave was touching on it, that even the players that haven't really played that much, they're still um, really up for it, even when they are uh, called on to play, like players like Laura and like Henderson, who aren't getting a chance every game, but they're still giving their 100%. Um, so uh, I'm not sure, like I said, a little bit sceptical with these uh, quotes from Moreno. So uh, you, you know, it might, little, it might be a little bit lost in translation. Sometimes things can um, be he said in another language and then when you translate them they come out completely different so again like I said it's convenient convenient for the media because they get their clicks from it because if they want if they sensationalize it obviously people are going to uh, read it a bit more than than just saying oh Moreno said you know, I wouldn't play that's that's not interesting is it obviously they like to, to twist things so I mean I, I, I probably he was going to be maybe going anywhere I think he was he was one of those players who was probably set to leave in he had a run when when that was, but he, you know, he doesn't seem like he's one of those players that's going to stay much longer anyway. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think, it's... yeah, it's probably just making. And if he did say something, even a little bit, maybe hinting that he wanted to go in January, maybe he's just, you know, making everyone aware that he's available or any any other teams out there that might want him. Yeah, I mean he's 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 back up left back to to a left back who very very rarely misses a game, and he's seeing Klein come on at left back in front of him uh, at the weekend there. So I mean, you know, fair enough. Uh, he's not getting getting many games at all. Um, but as you rightly say, Mara, he's, he's, it's it's quotes in from Spanish translated into English, and large parts of the interview have been left out. Obviously, selected quotes probably taken out of context. Do you have any any worries about this? Any comments? Any worries? Not, not really, Chief. You know that that that's a happy, happy camp, isn't it? Seems. Um, yeah, that's a happy camp, and I don't. You know, the 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 players know the players the players know the score with Klopp now. You know, he's made examples of people in the past. Um, people know how to behave there, and if they they are going to step out of line, they know the consequences. So. But for a large part, everybody toes the party line. And Umar is right. You know, you saw what the you saw what the media did with with Diane Lovren's um, comments last week. Um, twisted and sensationalised more than one occasion in more than one way. 
And this could also be as simple as a journalist asking him the question, how do you feel you have been treated? And that's yeah. a loaded and that's a loaded question, you know? Um, and and footballers will do their best answer the way they've been trained to, but it's difficult. And there's people looking for news and looking for headlines. They don't they don't do those interviews with players because they think people want to hear about it. You know, who 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 the fuck wants to listen to what Alberto Moreno has to say? You know, um, no offense to him, but he's a, <laughs> he, he's a you know, there's there's 25 players there that you at, at Liverpool and that you would rather hear an interview from. Um, so they're looking for this and they're trying to create news. So I don't, I don't, I don't pay it much mind. I don't pay it much attention. Um, everybody's going to kick off. I'll t- tell them to fuck off and kick them out of the club immediately and all this cracking. It's probably not as bad as it seems. Um, and mm-hmm. like I say, By all accounts, Klopp doesn't read anything in the papers anyway, or he, you know, he's really anti-social media as well, isn't he? So I doubt he knows anything about it unless he's told. Um, yeah, uh, but, but uh, it, it's, it's a nothing. It's a nothing. And, you know, People will go, oh, and they'll they'll point at it and think, oh, might this might this upset the apple cart there because everything looks so happy and and it won't. So that's fine. They can they can do what they want to try and sabotage things. It's sound. I've got no problem with it. Um, like I say, that that group of players is mentally mentally tough, and something like that isn't going to affect them. Absolutely, absolutely. Hopefully, it will not stop the, the Liverpool bandwagon rolling on. So um, yeah, I mean, I I'm pretty much in agreement. Almost entirely with with both of you. Um, I just think that uh, we, this probably won't be the last attempt at a journalist uh, trying to create a little bit of disharmony in the in the camp. And a few of these spurious stories might come out now that Liverpool find themselves clear at the top of the league. Well, for the first time in God knows how long, twenty five years. I mean, clear at the top of the league, not not by one point, but uh, but by six. So um, yeah, we we may see we may see more of them. But I, I think as you already touch on it. First of all, it's probably taken out of context. Secondly, it's it's not anything that's going to derail the Liverpool camp at the moment or cause any problems. And uh, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll just keep on going. So I think the biggest I think the biggest concern the club will have around this is apparently he's been offered a new contract, so they obviously have no intention of going out and replacing him, and they're quite happy for him to sit there and play the five games a season that he's going to play. Um, that Robertson can't because he's an absolute machine. So the biggest issue for them is, that, is them thinking, the fuck, we're probably going to have to go out and have a bad player. So I'd, I'd say that'll be the main concern, if there's, if there's the one at all. Yeah, totally. And, and to, as we said, I mean, he's essentially the third choice left back at the moment. You know? Yeah, Go- Gomez can play there. Klein can play there. You know, Van Dijk's played there in the past. Not that you'd move him out there, but... You know, but I mean, we, we, we've got cover there, and and, and a backup left back isn't the, isn't well, a backup backup left back isn't the hardest player to find. No, and you've you, and you've also Milner there as well. Don't yeah, forget, absolutely, who can do a job if if needs be. So exactly. So you've you've three you've 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 three essentially you've got five left backs in that squad, and knowing Fabinho, he could probably play there too I'm because sure. you know he can play right back. So sure. I, I hardly think it's a massive concern. Yeah, absolutely. I would would go along with that. We'd go along with that entirely. So, um, so yeah, I think uh, any other business, guys, or are we we okay to wrap up there? I just wanted to ask you, Chief. Um, you know, three four weeks ago, this this Manchester City team didn't look like they were ever gonna ever gonna get beaten, and now they've won one in five and lost three. What do you think has happened? I well, pressure. In in honesty, I think they've uh, they've, they've panicked. Mm-hmm. I think we've gotten into gotten into their heads, and I think that what we were saying at the beginning of the season and and over the the, the not even the first few weeks, the, the week six, week seven, as City were racking up scores, and you know we weren't clicking in inverted commas, but just getting the points. You know, what we were saying then was we have to hang in there. We just have to hang in there. And hopefully 
every time they go out and smash a team and then look around and see that we've won 1-0 or whatever and we're still right behind them, eventually that will... The, the, um, the reality of being the hunted will kick in and the psychology of fear might and panic might set in. I mean, it's inexplicable to lose against Crystal Palace at home for this, for this Manchester City team. That, that for me, is, is, is inexplicable. Losing away at Leicester isn't a massive surprise because we've mentioned before they've, they've had their issues um, at the same part. Yeah, but, that was that was one of the ones I, you know, I was because I'm a real sad fucker. I was looking down, looking down the fixtures, and I was like trying to target games that I thought they might drop points in. But even then, be dropping points, you didn't think they would lose that, did you? No, no, certainly not, certainly not. But Le- Leicester, Leicester away was one of them. But yeah. that's that's coincidence, and that's regard regardless of the fact that this has been. Like this hasn't just been this wobble of you know Chelsea. You, can, you know there's always a chance that Chelsea, Chelsea are a good side, um, but the Palace one was inexplicable. You're absolutely right. But absolutely. this has been this has been common, I think. Well, they've been leaking goals, haven't they? We, well, we that, said yeah. that we said that they they haven't kept a clean sheet in something stupid like eight games, maybe more. Um, they've been leaking goals, even in 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 convincing victories. And that can be a problem, I suppose, because if you don't score early, because they had been scoring early. Going yeah, they've on, been winning games in, in the first 20, 25 minutes. Ab- absolutely. And then second half, the other team would maybe come into it more, City had tired a bit, and then they'd maybe got one later on. And, and you know, that, that, that seemed to happen. Or they were giving away stupid penalties or whatever. But what happened in the Chelsea game was... Yeah, I mean, obviously, against Chelsea, you've always got a chance. But the thing was, City battered Chelsea... For 45 minutes and then conceded a fucking quite a soft goal a, you know decent goal for, for, from Chelsea's point of view but pretty soft from from a City point of view and having having done I mean that gives and then the second half they, they, they didn't offer much and Chelsea get the second off a corner I think David Luiz scores and that for me that that's that's a performance that Liverpool would have put in a few years ago, perhaps even in 13-14, when we do go to City and battle hard, or go to Chelsea, sorry, and battle hard and lose 2-1. But it's not a, it's not a performance you, you really saw with City would put in, you know, in the first few weeks of the season when they were sweeping teams aside. But the reality, I think, is, as we've been saying, the, the, the cracks were there. They were conceding goals. The issues were there. And, and I think when you... Couple that with the fact that um, Liverpool are, are, are relentless and have been relentless. I just think they've, they've panicked a little bit. And the thing about this City team is, yes, they won the league last year. They won it at a canter. They had it won by Christmas, pretty much. I mean, when did the bookies pay out? January, February? It was nuts. They had 55 points by now. Yeah, they had no, uh, they had no, no real challengers at all. But they and they're, some of them there have won the league a couple of times. But they've also then capitulated the following season. You know the likes of your who's there, the likes of Sterling, for example, top top quality player. But I don't think he's in the top rung mentally. You know, as an absolute mental strength. Uh, even someone like Aguero, I don't think he's right up there at the very top. Sometimes when when the pressure comes on, he's not quite there. Obviously, other times he has been. He scored scored the winner. You know, to give them the title, but even that was the last gasp when they when they did that. You know what I mean? So the, the companies being there throughout, they, they, they could they went to Old Trafford last year to win the title there, or was it the Eddie had? I don't know. They were two 0 up. The, they ended up bottling it. They lost three two. You know how many chances did they need to get the final three points last year to, to win the league? Quite a few. You know what I mean? So this there's a while back that they. The- yeah. Sorry, it's always been a question mark mentally, I think, for me, for the City team. And I think we're seeing it a bit now. Obviously, this is the middle of the season. We have to keep this going. We could be laughing on the other side of our faces because City will rally again, I would imagine. But, um, but yeah, they're, you know, this is how you see them when they're under the microscope, really under the microscope. That, that would be my take anyway. Um, do you think they're physically burnt out the way they have? started the season um, and the way they were just going at teams 100 miles an hour 
Uh, and did they, I don't know, did Guardiola hope to have hope that there was going to be a similar scenario and that he would put 55 points on the board and be 10 points clear at Christmas? I don't know if there's a physical problem there. I, they've got plenty of cover in each position. Um, there's a lot being made about Fernandinho being missing because he's the one player that they don't really have adequate cover for. Um, I don't know if he's going to be back for the Liverpool game. I hope not. Does anybody know about his injury? And I don't think he's due back. Oh, good. But yeah, I that's had a look. I couldn't thing. find anything about the injury at all. Um, they're saying he's quite pivotal to the team so um and the fact that he's been missing they've struggled a bit but I don't think it's a physical thing I think I agree with um Neil it's a mental thing they I said this a while back and I remember having a discussion with my brother he was going up City are going to win City are going to win I said yeah but they've never been pushed you just don't know what's going to happen when you when you're under pressure and when we were four points clear when they still had to play and they did lose that Palace game I think that maybe got to them a bit. And then I, this is a bit of a random thing, but last season, that documentary where um, Pep actually said, I think it was for the Champions League game, that he goes that he was scared of our front three. Do you remember that was on social media everywhere? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just, I just wonder why you would say that, because I know that it came out afterwards and everything, but this is the same front three that are now challenging and we're we're up there now with them. Whereas last season, we weren't challenging them for a title, but that in the games that we, we, where we, we did beat them. It was just that one um, game at the Etihad where we got hammered because of, you know, Mane got sent off and all that kind of thing. But other than that, we've always kind of, we knew what to do against them and we were the only team that could challenge them in individual games. But this, this time around, we're challenging them actually in throughout the whole season. So I just wonder if him making those comments is, is kind of a psychological thing because he obviously he's now we're, we're in that position where we could potentially beat them to the title now. And, you know, whether, whether or not that can filter through to the, the players as well. So I, I do think it's a, a, a mental thing. I don't, I don't think it's a physical thing. I've got yeah. plenty of, they've got a really, really good squad. So I don't think that's the case at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just on what you, you just want to take up, what a point you you mentioned there about Klopp's not Klopp's comments, Guardiola's comments. Didn't he make uh, more recent comments about? Wasn't he asked what did, what does he like to read? And he says he can't ever read because every time he tries to read, he starts thinking about Liverpool. Yeah, something I mean, like that. Was that real? Or was that a joke? Yeah, no, that was at a, it. Was at a university lecture in Liverpool. Oh right. Yeah. I thought it was a joke because I remember asking someone. And then they said, no, no, it was something, I'm not sure, actually. I didn't hear it. I read about it. Yeah. No, apparently that, that was but that was a true quote. So that's that's something else. But but on that as well. That the well, I think we're in his head, definitely. It's about the players, but we're Absolutely. definitely in Guardiola's head. But that's bound to transmit. And it's bound to yeah. transmit. Yeah. It just just because he must be, I don't know what he's like behind the scenes, but you'd imagine, you'd imagine that if you're a fly on the wall at their training ground, he's walking around, like breaking out in cold sweats, just going, ah, Liverpool. You know, <laughs> apparently, apparently he is so fucking intense, like so intense. And, and this is the thing, I, this is the thing that I'm starting to think. Um, that he's burning them out in training, burning them out mentally. Yeah. Like that. I, I, well, I, I think he's burning them. I think, no, I think we're burning them out. I yeah. think we're doing it. And, I, like, I, I genuinely think, like, Wenger talks about this. Wenger talked about this for years. I think I mentioned it earlier on that, like, after, after um, in 13-14, when we absolutely dismantled ourselves, like, we humiliated them that day. It was so fucking easy. And... Two, three years afterwards, Wenger was still talking about that they experienced a terrible trauma. Um, and some of the players are still suffering from the trauma of that. And I think we have traumatised that team. They haven't beaten us in four matches. Four matches. That, you know, that's what? Two wins and two draws? Um, it's the only time, really, I've seen City dramatically compromise their, their style and their play this season was when he came to play us at the start of the year. First time I've even seen him do it against us. Yeah, yeah, he, he absolutely compromised it. Uh, um, you're you're right, Umar, about the, about the comments. So I think we're absolutely in their heads, and and now um, 
they're looking they're looking at us like we're not just this team that they play if they're really unlucky four times a season. Dave said it the other the other week. We're playing them every week in their we're heads. Playing them every week in their yeah, absolutely in their heads. Yeah. Every and then you've week. got <clears throat> sorry, you've got the other side of the coin where you've got if if Guardiola's comments or he's the way that he talks in post matches or whatever he's doing behind the scenes is filtering down into his players. You've got Klopp on the other side, who's the most relaxed guy, just laughing his way through press conferences and just and that's transmitting into our players. So it's a complete like. It's the, the the two camps I would expect are the mirror image of one another. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Or not the mirror image, and, and, the reverse. That was well, the and, and that must affect the player. They must see that and think, "Wow, well, I wish I want that." I mean, a lot of players, no matter no matter what they say about Klopp, he hasn't won anything or whatever they say. Nine fans out of ten of any football club will want him. Even ten, I would say, right now. That because of the way he is, and you know, now he's even winning uh, matches, and we're in such a fantastic position. Whether there's a trophy at the end of it is a different matter, but you know, he's the way that he he's kind of negotiating this whole season, and the way that he's taking the pressure off and everything is just it's just brilliant management. The thing that the thing that plays into our hands as well here is like City have been looking over their their shoulders up until the last few weeks when we've overtaken them, going. Would Liverpool ever fuck off? Would Liverpool ever fuck off? And then they're watching, you know, last minute equalizers at Stamford Bridge. They're talking. They're 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 watching last minute, um, ninety sixth minute Divock Origi inexplicable winners, and they're going. Would you ever just fuck off? And the pressure seems to have finally told. But for us, we already know the pace that needs to be set. We already know. And we have known that this is what it's going to take to win this league. So we're already in the we're already in the frame of mind. We have to go out and put a performance in every single week. And we know how to do it. And teams are afraid of us. And we are the best team in the league right now. And there's that absolute belief there. But but I don't think we'll feel the pressure the way they will because of everything you've said and how Klopp's dealing with the situation, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But the fact that we have already mentally prepared for what it was going to take to win the league this year and how tough it was going to be. Whereas I think City players probably have underestimated the pace that was going to be set this year by us. And I suppose you have to count Spurs now as well, because let's be honest, Spurs are ahead of them. Yeah, yeah, I'd go along with that. I think, you know, they're the defending champions and they won it at a canter last year, as we said. So, you know, despite what Guardiola will have said to them, despite our strengthening, you know, they probably won't have bargained on the fact that we would improve so dramatically, so quickly. Um, yeah, I think that there's there's definitely a bit of that. I haven't said that, I think there's definitely a lot in, in what we were saying before and that um, I think we, we, we're chasing points. We're out there to win matches. Whereas I think City have become... Gotten themselves into the situation where they've forgotten about winning points and they're scared about us catching them. They're they're looking over their shoulder, and psychologically, that's that's a big shift. Um, so so yeah, we'll see how it pans out and long may this may this continue. But I I would tend to agree. Just depends as we get towards you know the crunch the crunchy end of the season. Um, if we can, we can hold our nerve. Uh, but you, you never know; they, they, they could collapse because there is a, there is a sense. It may not prove to be true; probably won't. But there is a sense that, in a way, Guardiola's managed to, and, and City themselves have managed to become a little bit obsessed with us, and that's a, that's a problem. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's certainly an issue for them. And I think what you'll, what you'll find um, is that. They're not enjoying things at the moment. They're not having a nice time. And they haven't been having a nice time. Even when they've been winning, they still haven't been having a nice time because we're an irrita- we were an irritation for them in the background. Whereas our lads are having a fucking blast. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the difference, isn't and it? And so am I. Yeah, <laughs> class. I think we all are. Yeah. And I suppose on that note then, we, we may as well wrap this one up. 
Um, so, yeah, I just uh, want to say thank you very much uh, to my guests, Umar and Naz and David Dunnan, and thank you very much for listening. Um, Umar, have you got anything to add, um, Twitter handle or anything, or any plug for anything you're up to? Not really. I haven't written for a while either. I'm being lazy. <laughs> I was I was saying I might write a poem about Alison and Virgil van Dyke, so maybe. Oh, get my my poetic juices flowing <laughs> absolutely very good i can think of no no two better subjects <laughs> for, for a bit of poetry um okay excellent and what about you dave uh, any handles or plugs or anything nope not at all just the reds just the reds well that's a that's a good plug get on them the mighty reds yeah. um yeah i've been your host then neil patterson and um yeah we will catch you again we'll be back after the arsenal game um and again after the city game and uh, hopefully with more more wins to report so uh, until then up the reds